gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Bear of Texas podcast proudly presents to you the greatest pro wrestling podcast in the history of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Ringside Chaos, run by me, the Bear of Texas podcast, and let's welcome back Tony Trujillo of the Great Girth Podcast. Tony, thank you so much for joining me again. Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. I love being on the show. like to be on it more, so anytime you need me, man, just ask. I'm always there. You know, it's an absolute honor, and honestly, I was supposed to have you on earlier this week, but unfortunately, something came up, and... And you know what? The original plan of what we were doing this week, we can still do the episode whenever you're ready. You know what? We'll, we'll go on the time is right. But for now, we got to talk about last night, AEW World's End. I know that you're dying to give your thoughts. Yes. Um, I'm actually going <clears> to <throat> – so here's the thing, man. I was thinking about breaking it down match by match, maybe not go too in-depth on each match, but I kind of want to give my opinion on it. And just kind of treat it like a movie review in a sense, which is going to be what I liked, what I didn't like, what they could have done better, what I noticed. Um, but however, I hope this is okay with you. I'm not going to start with the the buy-in pre-show. I'll, I'll touch on that later. I'll touch on that later, but I never give a fuck about that. Well, okay, hold on. There's one thing to be had, which was the match with Hook and um, – Willer Yuta, that should have been a World's End match, not a not a buy-in match. It was good. <laughs> I give it, I don't know, I, if I really had to rate it, man, that's a three-star. So, you know, it was good, way better to be on the fucking buy-in or whatever they call it. But I, I guess, you know, it, it could be worse. Um, I actually pulled up the list, too, of every single match that went on that night. But we're going to go... Mm, Shit, you know what, dude? I do have to talk about the fucking buy-in because there is one important key. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was actually gonna say since since I since I asked since I invited you on, we're we're gonna we're gonna basically we're gonna do the, the episode the way you feel like you take command on this one, bro. Well, I was thinking, well, um, yeah, l- let me get this one out of the way because this is important. There was a oh, I'm looking at my notes here. There was a 20 man battle royal. And it was for a TNT title shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luchasaurus, Kill Switch, whatever he wants to call himself, <laughs> ended up winning. So that was a decent match. Like that to me, that was uh, it was meant to kill time. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it like a, the greatest thing that they've done for a buy-in, but it was pretty good. You know, it wasn't bad. It just again, it was clearly to fill time. If if they'd have done it as the first match. It would make sense towards what happens later in the night. But, oh yeah, and, and which we will get to. Yeah, kill switch one. Predictions were already rolling in my head, so <laughs> I I was actually correct on what happened. I was correct. I just didn't think it would happen right away. No, because here's the thing, dude. They're they're not like WWE. Those title shots, those contender matches. It's not a money in the bank. So I assume that meant we would have to wait another week or so because I knew that was going to happen. Anyway, <laughs> um, aside from that, though, with um, let's start with – these are going to be a little out of order, but – Hey, like I said, you're in command, bro. Let's start with the match that I thought was the worst. 
Just so we can well, get that out of the way and I'll shit on it. it. It's about saving the best for last, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, As you said, eight man your tag. lead, brother. <laughs> so it was an eight-man tag. It's Big Bill, Ricky Starks, and, uh, uh, well, basically the Don Callis family. Don Callis family. Sting, Darby Allen, Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara. Now, the sex gods, as they like to be called. I will say this. Did you watch Dynamite? I caught up the highlights, yes. So, <clears throat> there's the promo that sets up to this match, which was random. This promo, or this segment, I should say, it's really, really messy. It just made no sense. And so, they announce the match, an eight-man tag. Now, first off, this looks cool on paper, right? Yeah. It's a shit show, dude. This match is terrible. Like, this was the worst match on the entire card. And there was some shitty matches, dude. I'm not going to lie. This World's End could have been... It could have been amazing. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't too impressed with it. Wrestle Dream was better. Whereas Wrestle Dream was better than uh, All Out. So, I mean, Wrestle Dream to me has been kind of the top one since All In. This could have been a better pay-per-view. It really wasn't. But this match alone right here is what shits on it. So... First off, when you're watching this match, you can just tell there is no chemistry between any of these guys. This match was put together last minute because Kenny Omega was hurt. We know that now. This was a random filler match, which is fine. But, again, these guys have no chemistry. And you got to look at it like I did, too. You have all different people with different body weights, different sizes, and different ages. So especially Sting, oh my God, dude! This 60, match is sixty-four yeah. years old and and still taking bumps and still wrestling great, honestly. Well, Sting was the highlight. Jericho, I expected more. I was very disappointed with Jericho. Speaking of Jericho, uh, there is something we will have to address, but we can, we can get the match. We can talk about the match first. Well, I'm almost done. I just wanted to say that, in my opinion, man, that was a match that it was clearly put together last minute. But it could have been done better because Big Bill and Sting and Jericho, they just, they didn't mesh, man. Starks didn't mesh with fucking Darby. It was a, it was a completely random match. It didn't go together. It looked good on paper, but we now know, in my opinion, if Tony Khan is smart, don't do this again. Because these guys don't go together. Just pure and no. simple. This It was a mix-up. This was the worst match, bro. This one is definitely like, fuck it. It's a, it's a star. That's this was the worst match. I mean, Bleacher Report great gave this match a C. It wasn't good. It was it was bad, dude. I, I actually texted a friend of mine. I was like, hey man, is it just me, or is this match fucking terrible? And he was like, oh dude, like I'm catching every botch, every angle they're fucking up. I'm seeing the choreography come out before it happens. I'm like, yeah, dude, this is not a good match. It was it was terrible. It's a shame, yeah. It really is because you know I, I was able to get some footage and it's brutal it really it's, is and it's a bad match you can tell and every time chris jericho was in the ring i mean the crowd was letting him have it and everybody yeah. wants to know my thoughts because obviously it's well documented i've praised jericho many times i've declared him to be a hero of mine since i was a little kid now these allegations rise up and everybody wants to know my thoughts so i will say this look all i know is what i've read on social media so i'm not going to believe what i read because i don't know the story okay we don't know what's going on, but that, that, that's, that's really all I can say. 
so I understand like, the crowd was obviously they were loudly booing Chris Jericho. They were they were even chanting NDA, which means non disclosure agreement. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've heard what's going on. They've even said F you, Chris, or you know, it, it's been all over Twitter. So all I can say is, look, I don't know what's going on. Neither does Tony. Like all we know is what we've seen on social media. So we can't we we can't just believe it. So all I'll say is this. If Jericho did do something wrong, he needs to pay for it. That's all I can say. Now, My at the same thoughts. time, that doesn't mean that we should take away his legacy and take away everything he's done. Because, again, no, everybody – I mean, we all know what Ric Flair allegedly did on, the, on that infamous plane ride from hell, and everybody still loves Flair. A lot of wrestlers have supposedly had these allegations against them. So, in other words, it's really – is it anything new? No. And to tell you the truth, dude, because I know so little – from what I've read, dude, I don't buy it. And here's my thing. So the story goes that this specific wrestler was asked to go to the back room where he was. She expected a lot of other people to be there. It was just him. According to her, it was just him, and he made a pass at her, and she refused. And that that was it. So... I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just illiterate, but making a pass doesn't count as sexual assault to me. I just, I don't think that's sexual assault. But in this day and age, dude, if you look at someone wrong, that's considered sexual assault. So I'm not buying it until I see more evidence. Until then, Jericho. Jericho has my support, dude. He's my number one favorite wrestler of all time. So yeah, he's been my hero since I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, dude. I've been watching him since Monday Nitro, man. I've been watching him since... Nitro is Jericho. Today he interrupted The Rock. I'll never forget it. Exactly. Man. 1999, like, the countdown to the millennium. It's funny you mention that because one Good of my favorite, one of my favorite um, entrances was MJF and Jericho when he came out with the countdown. I remember. Yeah, I thought it was oh, pretty that was, cool. That was magic. But you see, because I got a little bit of heat because you know Sammy Guevara. Of course, we all remember the the thing, the comments made about Sasha Banks. So it's like I said, look. You do something wrong, you you got to pay the price. But again, as far as Jericho goes, I can't buy anything because, number one, I was not there when these allegations took place. Yeah. I can't just believe what I'm told on social media. It, it's like literally believing our, my government telling me that this happened. So we don't know this. Really, we don't know nothing. When I say we know what we saw on social media, it's nothing. So we don't know anything. We, we really don't. So, yeah, it's it's something that's going to come out over time. So I mean, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but it it, it bothers me because you know, unfortunately, the match was not not so good. Because again, it I I don't like it when I say that hardworking pro wrestlers have bad matches. But bad matches is part of the thing. Not every match is going to be great. Hey, Rick oh, Flair, yeah. Flair back in his day had some matches that were not so good. It Brian happens. It's, it's has a bad, had bad matches office. too. We, we all get those. So. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. These, so, these bad matches happen all, all the time. And, and I will say about Sammy Guevara, you know, saving Jericho not long after betraying him. Yeah, I get it. Sammy Guevara just became just became a dad. So I guess they said, well, he just became a dad, so maybe he should be a baby face. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. It, well, it does, the thing. but the, the problem was the Guevara thing betraying Chris Jericho, it just it didn't last long. It's basically almost like a cup of coffee, and now he's – back to saying now he's now they're back together so well they've always hinted at them breaking up and they've broken up what four different times now and they just come yeah. right back together From i mean the inner circle to the jericho christian yeah. society yeah which and there's this happens a lot in wrestling too yeah they just revisit it because there's nothing else to do i mean i do feel sammy Guevara's kind of been shafted 
in terms of opportunity. Like he's had a lot, a lot of opportunity, but he keeps losing and getting pushed further down when, in my opinion, he is a W championship worthy. Oh yeah. He definitely should be. I mean, I think at this point, build him back up and then put him in the title picture and have Jericho by his side. Seriously, man, whether he's a heel or a baby face, I think yeah. it's his turn, but exactly. yeah, that, that match but, blew. Anyway, so uh, the, it's unfortunate, but you know, not, I mean, there, there's no, there's just, again, matches, shows can have the perfect card, but not every match is going to be, it's not going to live up to expectations. Nobody can be perfect, but yeah. anyway, I'm ready to, the, ready to move on. Well, the second match that sucked, and I felt like this is because it's nobody's fault except for injury. Swerve Strickland and Dustin Rhodes. It was supposed to be Swerve and Keith Lee. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I really wasn't even looking forward to that anyway because I do like Keith Lee. This I don't have like months and months ago. When, yeah, when, when Swerve and our glory split, it should have happened around that time. And, and I will say this. Swerve in our glory is one of the greatest things I've seen in AEW programming. I mean, I love, I just love the name Swerve in our glory. Well, you got <laughs> two guys that don't go together that made it work just like right? MJF and Adam Cole. They were two guys that didn't go together, but their chemistry was so good. They made it work. So, I mean, they made it work just like, just like Cla- uh, Castagnoli and Tyson Kidd back in 2015. Yeah. Just like the new day. Yeah, oh yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. And it worked. Exactly. Oh, yes, like, 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 as Bubba Ray Dudley once said in his interview, Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley, was that, he mentions, was that really supposed to work? When you think about it, no. Right. But it did. Oh, yeah, they made so, it work. Sometimes there's, you just put them together. It's like a duet with two guys that have never worked together, but as Jim Cornette would say, said in that episode of Dark Side of the Ring, it's a hit. It works. Yeah. Well, but, this match, man, I just, I had no interest because. I don't really like Swerve. However, I'm more than willing to admit he's got potential. Like, he's a good heel because I didn't give a shit about him when he was a baby face or whatever he was with Keith Lee. I, I, knew he had, I knew he had talent, but I didn't see anything in him until now. And like I said, I can't stand him, but that means he's doing his job. Because yeah. <laughs> if you're a wrestler and you're not liked or hated, then you're not doing your job right. You need yeah. to be liked or hated. You can't be in between. There's too many guys that are in between exactly. him. Exactly. Swerve is someone I don't like, but I'm willing to admit, you know, he's got huge potential. And then this match gets announced. Yeah. And I was like, of course, no, Keith Lee. This is fucking fantastic. The fact that Keith Lee was not there, and from what I understand from an injury, that already made them, that already unfortunately kind of killed. I mean, this is not to knock Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes is still great, but oh, the he fact gave, that. He gave him a match. As far as Swerve goes, you know why it does not make sense for him to be a babyface, in my opinion? He's His just, name is Swerve Strickland. Do you really do yeah. you really think the name Swerve Strickland fits the category of babyface? Yeah, he's kind of even when he was a babyface, he's proven he's a better heel. I mean, yeah, there I were mean, hints he's, of it. A, he's a hell of a wrestler. I mean, he's a hell of a wrestler. Yeah. Mike's skills, are, I, I like them. So, but I, I, I just, I just don't like the fact that they that they split Swerve and Argo. I mean, eventually it was going to happen. I just don't think it happened at the right time. Yeah, it was a little too but, soon. They should have waited. I mean. Uh, I kind of get why they did it because of the fact that it was time for the acclaim to pick up their chance, but the result was we get a split of another team, and it's like, well, now no one gives a fuck. But exactly, but it's a shame though because yeah. Well, but, but hopefully Keithley comes back soon and they pick up that rivalry. Well, this match, I knew from the get-go it wasn't going to be interesting because now we have a match that really doesn't matter. This was like. Right. 
we need to give Swerve some time. This was supposed to be his time, and that clearly didn't work out the way they wanted it to, so they had to have Dustin go in there. And he did a good job, I thought. I'd, I don't think Dustin's a bad wrestler at all. I didn't care for him as Gold Dust growing up. I never cared about that <laughs> mantra, dude. I think that him and AEW is way better because his character is more or less just him. It's him being himself. It's not a gimmick. It's That's who Dustin Rhodes really is. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, Exactly. It's, it's, it's who he is, yeah. It's more authentic, and it was a decent match, but I I do feel it was the second worst match. It was the one that I'll forget. I'm like, yeah, this. I mean, right away they put they put um Dustin under a cinder block so that they can fucking start, swerve and do a stomp thing, and he does, and it's supposed to possibly end the match. And what ends up happening actually is he's like, I'm not done. He goes back. We get a couple minutes of a good decent match, but to me this was like. It's forgetful, man. I give this one a C. It was very forgetful. Uh, but now we have we have two women's matches that were actually fine. They weren't bad. I, Bleacher Report gave that match a C as well. So Yeah, I was going to say, I'll, I'll give them both a C, but let's talk about the first one. The one that, to me, the one that was a little more interesting, which was Tony Storm and Riho. So full disclosure, I don't like either of these people. Never really? cared for Riho. Never cared for Riho, dude, and oh. I don't like Tony Storm at all. I will oh, say this, though. I do like her little Hollywood bullshit she's got going on. like The golden Holly, the golden age startlet. Yeah, like, it's kind of funny, but this she, match was actually good. Like she, Riho It's, it's literally as if she's possessed by... by uh, at first, when she started, and I said this on the show, it's as if she's, she's possessed by the spirit of Marilyn Monroe. Basically, that's kind of what that's what I got out of it. I'm like, yeah, she's like a Marilyn Monroe, either yeah. wannabe or like a, a somewhat better version in her own eyes. Um, but Riho was whooping ass. Now, of course, um, it didn't go the way we wanted it to. Um, you know, I actually forgot to mention the um, the wins for the first two matches we were talking about. So the eight man tag real quick, Jericho, Darby and all of them, they won that. So there's that. Swerve beat Dustin. There's that. This one, Riho lost to Tony Storm. I kind of didn't see that coming because they built Riho up as the, oh, this is the conclusion, because she was the first woman to win the belt in the league. So Mm -hmm. I didn't see that coming, and I will say that gave me a little bit of like, okay, that was good. You know, and like the match wasn't boring at all. I never once looked away. So I give that one at the very least, like a C plus. It really wasn't that bad. It was a decent match, but to me it was kind of like, eh. Now the next one, which again was kind of eh, but I'm going to give this one more of a C minus. It's uh, Abaddon and um, Julia Hart. So this one wasn't bad. There was some good, you know, moves thrown in there. And then there's a little surprise uh, turn from Sky Blue showing up and basically costing Abaddon the match. It's kind of a go figure. That's I knew that was going to happen. So it's like, okay, whatever. But yeah, I'd say that it's like a C minus. It wasn't bad, but it definitely it definitely could have been better, man. The, these matches had potential, but for whatever reason, they just they didn't, uh, you know, there's a difference between the execution and the look. So definitely. that one was an eh. Um another but, but oh, it's Going back to the match between C, because I'm the opposite. I, I actually I'm a fan of Tony Storm and Riho. Okay. And I've said it many times. I do like the gimmick that Tony Storm clearly has, but I do miss her previous, you know, 1980s uh, glamour uh, uh, metal uh, gimmick and all. But 
you know, as far as Riho goes, it, 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 it's just I just feel like she's never recovered from how the how what happened in 2020, how that just basically halted so much momentum that she had. Yeah, it's, I think it's because she spends she spends so much time in Japan. I thought she's still with AEW, but she also works Japan. Mm-hmm. Some say it's just Rio is such an amazing wrestler that her style fits more the scene in Japan than it does in the U.S. It's it's hard to explain. Now, obviously, her her style, obviously her her style is something you don't see very much in this country, which is a shame because yeah. Rio is a legitimate ass kicker. Mm-hmm. I mean. I don't give a damn. Like you could say whatever you want about her size. Like she is tough. Yeah. But again, you know, uh, it, 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 it's just I always just I'm firm on the fact that what happened with the pandemic and everything, it, it just halted her her momentum, and several injuries have just been getting it. So she, so she's basically just she's not been able to kind of recover on the AEW scene, and I really think she will, but they got to do it right. Yeah, I agree. If there, but. If, but if there was, if there's anybody that will dethrone Tony Storm, I've, I've not given thought about that. I think it should be Thunder Rosa, but at at the right time, because again, there was that previous program with Thunder with Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. Yeah. So they they got to finish that. Now, as far as Julie Hart and Abaddon, I have really nothing to say about. It. I mean, a lot of people are, a lot of people are not, they're not fans of Abaddon. They just think, okay, she's a character, but that's it. Yeah, she's not really like. The only thing she's got going for her is that she's from Denver, Denver zone. So I mean, and yeah, like that. Now, as far as Julia Hart goes, uh, you know, I'm glad that you know she was able to move on from from the cheerling persona with blondes, yeah. blondes or whatever they were called, with uh, of course Brian Pillman as a son who's now in NXT under under a different name. But it, it, it's good to see that Julia Hart, you know, she goes to the to the to that you know other I forgot the name of that stable, the, the House of Black or whatever it's called. Yeah. It kind of becomes yeah. like you know a, a darker gimmick, so I thought that was great. So, oh yeah, she's uh, gotten as far better. as far as Julie Hart goes, I mean she's a great wrestler and like that. So hopefully things going forward, and I and I think the her alliance with Sky Blue and Sky Blue now being heel, if it's done correctly, I mean they have chemistry. You can tell they have chemistry. Yeah, that's working. As long as it's booked, pro- I mean at the end of the day, it's the booking that matters. They have to do it right. There's always potential right. between talent, but if the booking is poor, it all it's all down the toilet. Pretty much, man. I mean, again, when we talk booking, look at this eight-man tag match, dude. That's terrible booking, like from the get-go. This you know, next I match, our friend, uh, I mean, of course, our, our friend uh, Corny is obviously gonna, obviously gonna have a lot of things to say. Oh, yeah, he's gonna run his mouth, as per usual. He he shits on every promotion, though. I mean, I've yeah, again, you know, the wrestling <laughs> today's wrestling is it's in his words, it's not my style of wrestling. Right. I I I give um. I give wrestling a lot of shit for that reason. I'm like, you know, it's clearly not as good as it used to be. It's nowhere near as good as it used to be. But it's not. Uh, hmm. This next match is Miro and Andrade. I wanted to see this just because I like Miro. And I wanted to see they were where they were going with this story, you know. And, uh, of course, <laughs> midway through the match, um, CJ turns on Andrade and costs him the match. <laughs> Which I... Okay, we all knew that was going to happen because we all know Miro and CJ are married. So, right, there had well, to been more to the story. As far as Miro goes, it's it's good to see him back. Is he's been away? He's been away too long. Well, the story I don't, goes. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I think he's had some injuries, but I think honestly, there's been. I, I don't know why he had been away off of television for so long. The story goes, and again, this is just according to dirt sheets, so I could be wrong. 
because 90% of the time they're wrong. But story goes, uh, Tony Khan had been writing up a bunch of different ideas for him, and Miro was turning him down. He was like, I don't want to be on TV if, if I don't like these. So he's just been sitting at home, basically. Supposedly, again, I don't know how much of that, of that is true, because that would make sense if it was like Hangman Adam Page or someone that's a, a big money draw. You know, like that makes sense. But that's supposedly why he hasn't been around. So I kind of wanted to see where they go with this, and I'm not going to lie to you, I kind of thought Andrade was going to win because they're trying to build him up. At the same time, though, he's made it clear he wants out. He's not happy there. It's kind of like a given that they're going to give Miro the win. And like I said, there's more story there with him and CJ. We'll just have to see where it goes. We, we will. But so. This match had some good moves in it, too. It wasn't a great match, but it wasn't bad either. So this one, to me, is just a straight C. It was... It killed time, you know, I had my attention, but I won't lie, there were times where I was pulling my phone out, seeing what time it was, and trying to see what the next match was, because it was okay. Uh, well, speaking of CJ, I'm glad to see that she's doing well, because she had that recent uh, that, that recent injury, and we saw that picture, that was pretty scary, so it's good to see that she's doing fine. Yeah, I want to see entrance, what she though, The entrance with uh, her and Andrade, I kind of like that, I mean, me, me as, a, as a DC Comics fan, obviously... You know, and, and Andrade kind of portraying the Black Mask thing, kind of thing. I mean, Black Mask is a Batman villain that I always say never got enough attention. I so, agree. So it's good yeah. to see that Andrade is actually showing a great appreciation for Roman Sionis, a.k.a. the Black Mask. Right, exactly. <laughs> but um, but in, this, in this match, from what I saw, you, you saw a lot of submissions. You, you just saw two legitimate tough guys work a match, and and they did their best, you know, despite the differences in creative they did their best to do this for the fans and because of what they do. So, Well, and I wanted to see it for that reason. I was looking at it like Andrade's a big dude. They've clearly proven that he can hold his own. Miro's a beast. This would be cool to see. It's almost like a – it's quasi Lesnar and Reigns. It, it has your attention. <laughs> it makes you wonder, like, how's it going to go? And we got just that. Right. <laughs> but um, this next one um, – I'm not going to lie, I wasn't really a fan of it until the ending result, which was Christian Cage and Adam Kovalin. Oh, man. So it had potential. I was looking forward to it. The match was okay, though. There wasn't a lot of... just wasn't as brutal as I wanted it to be. It seemed kind of... It seemed like something WWE would put out, in my opinion. I was like, yeah, it was like a WWE match. But (laughs) I like the twist. I like the idea that Kovalin picks up the win. He's TNT champion. But right away, I'm like, this is the, a terrible fucking idea. Like, right? you give him that belt and not the AEW champion. Like, that's like, hey, let's give this legend the Intercontinental champion and just see how it goes. I understand that it was supposed to be temporary and this wasn't going to be like, he wasn't going to have like a whole run. But that's on his record now. That's in a book somewhere. Like, that's kind of weird to me. It just didn't sit right. I was happy he won because I wanted him to. But in my opinion, this should have been a match where no title was involved. Christian Cage should have lost that shit. But is in my opinion, in his prime now, this is the best Christian Cage we've ever seen. Def- definitely. I will, definitely. I will go to the grave with that, dude. I, I will say he is better than he's ever been. He was better than he was in WWE. He's better than he was in TNA or Impact, whatever they call it. But I wanted to see him lose. And he does. Copeland picks up the win. But then that's when we have Killswitch come out to cash in, if you will, on his uh, contender match. And, of course, he gets the win. Or, no, no, no. He well, hands over the contract to yeah. Christian Cage. 
and Christian Cage gets the win and gets his title back, which is a good way to end that because there's more to the story. There will be more, I'm sure, down the road. It's it's the key. I think they did it to keep the story alive. Now right. uh, you mentioned that first, yeah. Uh, Copeland winning at first didn't make sense, but then the way they did it, okay, it's to keep the story. It, it's to keep the storyline going for a long time because we know this storyline's Edge and Edge. Well, tech, okay, he's he's always going to be Edge, but I mean, I was, even though edge, he, yeah. he can't use the word the name Edge, he's still Edge. I still, but, I still refer to him yeah, as Edge. Adam yeah. Copeland and Christian Cage is going to be a story that's going to be culminating for a very very long time. So. Yeah. You know this, this the ring gear that Copeland was wearing was the same. Well, okay, I don't know if it was exactly the same, but it was similar to WrestleMania 22 in that hardcore match with Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. So Copeland power bombs uh, Nick Wayne, and we through all the botched, you know, through the flaming table, and it was actually kind of it was botched. We saw that. Yeah, it was definitely but botched. First, no, number one, I don't like the fact that they they named it a no disqualification match because. It should have been called a street fight, honestly, because if yeah. there's a big table, it's beyond notice qualifications. But, but it, it, that unfortunately, that botch uh, table move, unfortunately, does not look good for any. It doesn't look good for Nick Wayne, nor does it look good for Copeland. But again, these things do happen. I mean, we can't bury the guys because imagine if you and I were in that kind of match. I mean, I mean, the fact that if, if I'm about to go through a flaming table, oh my god! But yeah, but it's ironic that. Copeland wins the title, and then it, it, it get, he gets cashed on, and then he, he loses it because he's done that twice in his career in the previous company, and he yeah. did ha- he did actually have the t- he did have the money to make cash in on him once. So, yeah, so Mr. Ultimate Opportunist is the victim of his own game. How about that? Pretty much. I mean, it's classic. The funny, the funny thing is, he's the victim as a babyface. The last time, yeah, the heel when, when I think it was CM Punk that cashed in on him. If I'm mm-hmm. correct. Yeah, yeah I think I think he was a heel. It was after Batista powerbombing through a table or something like that. Yeah, it's and been you know, you know it's been a long time. It's classic WWE st- uh, storytelling, but it yeah. was it was an okay but, match. I mean, I thought it was one of the better ones. I give it a B. I'd say it's a B. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good match. It just could have been better, in my opinion. But, but obviously, yeah. I mean, the Copeland, the TNT title is cool. It's unique, but he, he, don't put the mid card belt on the guy. Yeah, don't put that's more for even Christian Cage doesn't need it, but he's made it relevant too. He's yeah, he's made it relevant. So yeah, but, he did what the Miz did for the Intercontinental Champion, which was mm-hmm, make it relevant. Exa- exactly. So yeah, so 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 the way it ended, I mean, not too bad. And you know, of course, even you know, and I give I give this an A. So because again, they they gotta keep the storyline. They gotta keep the storyline alive. So yeah, now let's. Uh, talk about a match that was kind of useless. Like, I just, I had no interest in this, and I don't feel it's fair to grade it because I wasn't paying the most attention. Again, this is a random put-together match. It was Brian Danielson, Claudio Castanoli, Mark Briscoe, and Daniel Garcia versus Brody King, Jay White, Jay Lethal, and Roosh. The Black now, the Blackpool Combat Club. Basically, you got like a whole... So it, it, what they basically did, if you really look at this, is they took everyone that was in the Continental Classic and they just kind of gave them like a hoorah, like a last, hey, now we're going to do this. And again, it, it would have been cool because if you look at this on paper, it has like mega star power on it. It has big oh, yeah. names all over it. So, but this match was random. It There was nothing at stake. There's no story behind it. It's just kind of a throwaway match. And like I said, I just was not interested. I had no... I don't even remember this match being announced, to be honest with you. I wonder, I'm kind of wondering if this was like a just on the spot type of deal. So, 
Well, I gotta I ask: are, are you surprised that Claudio and Brian Danielson have recently reverted reverted back to baby faces? No, that's just what they're good I mean, at. Claudio turned face after he after losing the Ring of Honor World Championship to my hero Eddie Kingston, which I can't wait. I cannot wait to get to that match. But yeah. Yeah, I'm actually um, saving that one for last because that was, in my opinion, the best Black match. Blackpool Combat Club. I mean, you know, it, it, it's great to see, but I love the fact that they teamed up with Mark Briscoe and Mark Briscoe continuing with the momentum and paying tribute to his former partner. I'm telling you, the Briscoe brothers, not only, I would say, uh, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. You have to put yeah. them in the top 10 category, honestly. I mean, because again, I, I stress to fans, you you have to go beyond WWE because again, Everybody knows you and I were fans of wrestling overall. We want every promotion to succeed at its best. Yes, but yes, I want. Briscoe's I want options. I, I'm, t- you know, I, I'm telling you, I'll never forget what a fan said. He's glad that the Briscoes never went to WWE because Vince would have ruined them. I'm like, I mean, I, I agree. That, that's what scares me. But I agree, man. That's why. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure they had the opportunities too, but they didn't. They didn't do it. They made the smart choice, but. But yeah. I, I liked I liked that Mark Briscoe is continuing the momentum. Yeah, and it was an okay match. Like I said, I just I don't feel it's fair to rate it because I wasn't paying attention. Unfortunately, it was a it was a forgettable match. We'll just put it that way. It was kind of like a eh. Here's something for the crowd because we know they're bored. That's how <laughs> I felt about it. Um, I'm gonna talk about the main event next though because the Continental Classic match to me was the best match the entire night. And we it was the best for last. <laughs> it was the one I was looking forward to the most. So we have, M- we have MJF and um, Samoa Joe. I'm not going to lie. I did not see the ending coming. I knew we were going to get the devil reveal. And funny little fact, I was right about everybody that was in the club because I, w- I was too, but I, I, I just, I just decided not to reveal, but I did tell people I'm calling it. Adam Cole is the devil. At first we thought it was going to be jungle boy, but after a while I kind of said, you know what? It, it does not. It 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 doesn't make sense for for it to be Jungle Boy. For the longest or time, Jack, I thought, he's not Jungle Boy anymore. Obviously, yeah. But, okay, well, he's always going to be Jungle Boy to us. Jack Perry isn't always will be Jungle Boy. Well, for the longest time, man, I thought Wardlow was him. I was like, dude, he's making all these uh, reasonable promos with threats in them, and he's disappearing a lot. Like, it's got to be Wardlow. And it makes and sense then, because of the because because of the history between him and Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And then hear this, right? The kingdom, the, Roderick yeah. Strong. It was just kind of like I kept these thinking, are, like I, they have some guys with, with a long history with Adam Cole, so it makes sense. Yeah, it and then makes sense. One of my buddies was like, "Well, where does where does that fit into play? Like they're supposed to be buddies with Adam Cole." And I was like, eh, "Unless Adam Cole's the devil." And we're, you know, the obvious thing is, well, he's injured. I'm like, "Yeah, but how much of that is story versus reality?" And sure exactly. enough. They do the reveal after Joe gets the win, which was stupid in my opinion. Like, here's the thing. I didn't think Samoa Joe was going to win. I'm happy he did because I love Samoa Joe, but I feel like he should have pinned MJF. Dude, the whole he passed out, WWE does that a lot with Roman Reigns when he beats someone that they deem too big to lose. And then to me, that makes the other person look stupid. It looks like they didn't fucking win. So I'm like, oh, great, of course. So he wins, and I was like, that was a dumb way to do it. But then they do the reveal, and I was like, holy shit, I was right about every single person. I just didn't know they were all in on it. Like, I did not know. I thought it was one dude and then, like, a group of fucking, you know, newcomers that no one would give a crap about. But then when they show the kingdom, I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. Now they're the champion. 
So it made sense. And this was a good match. This one was easily an A minus. This was a fucking phenomenal match. MJF always puts on good matches. And this one, dude, it was not short of action. I mean, this was it was a long ass match too. I mean, the last two matches are always the longest, but <laughs> the ending with how he lost I thought was dumb, but they kinda it had to be done that way because remember on Dynamite we learned that Joe was in cahoots with the devil, mm-hmm. pleasure doing business with you. So it makes yeah. sense. It, it, it makes, had to it go that sense, way. Yeah. The idea, I have to agree with you. Yeah, I I do believe it would have been a whole lot better if Samoa Joe had won by pinfall. Yeah, it would have. And, been, you know, and, and honestly, imagine he, he performs the Samoa the, the muscle the, the muscle buster off the rope too, like like that. Yeah, I like this spot. Of course, Adam Cole comes out in the crutches to support his friend. Then it's the point where Maxwell asks for his ring, but Adam Cole can't find it, and then and it's too and late. Then boom. Yeah. Well, right there, I was like, okay, yeah. Like, the, here's the thing, dude. I didn't fully believe Adam Cole was the devil until he came out to support his buddy, and I texted my friend, I'm like, Adam Cole is the devil. He was like, you think so? I'm like, why is he here? Where has he been to support his friend? Why is he suddenly here? I know they're going to be like, oh, it's for moral support. I'm like, nah, there's more to the story. And then, oh, I can't find the ring. And I was like, that's what Wardlow did. That's what works. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm but, like, this is happening all over again. But it was but good. The revelation, okay, the way I kind of expected to would, would have been like, Maxwell, imagine this. Maxwell Jacob Freeman is close to winning. And then and then Adam Cole either pulls the referee out or causes a distraction, and then he, he nails MJF with the ring. I, I would have I I liked it to see it like that. But who knows? Yeah. I mean, that's the way. I mean, based on the storyline, like if Adam Cole cost MJF the title by hitting him with the ring and allowing Samoa Joe to pin, that would have been another good way to do it. But, yeah. but I like how basically how it happens. Um, at first, the masked men, they, if I'm correct, they show up. They yeah, attack they show both up him and Adam Cole. The lights go out, and then boom. Well, the way it went down, too, which was ironic, like it. This worked for me because, again, the whole time I was kind of thinking Adam Cole's the devil. But then they play the whole, okay, the, the devil's goons are here, and they attack them both, and they hold Max down because they're going to hit him over the head with a chair. And then Adam, they're holding him down. He's like, no, hit me, hit me. And MJF is like borderline tears. like, no, don't you fucking hit him. And I was like, oh, no, they can't do Adam like that. Then the lights go out, and Adam's sitting on a chair. And I was like, okay, that was good because I forgot for a second that I believed it was him. That was good storytelling. Yeah. And I did feel like the whole the devil storyline was taken too long, so I'm glad it finally paid off. It was worth yeah. it. Yeah. It was worth it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a, you 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 told me a few weeks ago that Alex the patience is going to is going to pay off. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. So I, was I, like, I think another reason why to have you on the show because you know again, I got to remind everybody that you are important, Tony. Thank you, man. I yeah. do appreciate but, you, and I love coming on here, man. Abs- ab- abs- absolutely it. But, um, yeah, but from looking at it, it, it just <laughs> – the lights go out. Yeah. Adam Cole is sitting on the – I mean, Adam Cole pulling out the mask as well. Then I think he put it on MJF. <laughs> Solidifies but it, yeah. So if Adam Cole is still hurt, then obviously we won't see him, we won't see him in the ring for a while. But a couple of sources said that MJF is not expected to be on on the program for a while because he's going to be out for a while because MJF is in fact been dealing with injuries. So he's been wrestling with injuries. He's so been he wrestling just, with injuries. So it makes, makes sense for MJF sense. to take time off, and then and, and then basically by the time he comes back, hopefully Adam Cole is clear to wrestle again. 
they can they can basically continue the story. But let me tell you this: the story is gonna is gonna go for a long time. It's gonna oh, be yeah. more than one match, like more than one high profile match. I think it's gonna be at least three. Paul Heyman said it best: we haven't even scratched the surface, which is yeah, with the bloodline. How I feel about this? I'm like looking at it like, okay, that did take forever. It was super fucking annoying that it took this long, but it paid off, and now I'm actually wanting to see more. I mean, now that we know who the devil is and all that, I want to know where do we go from here. There's so many ideas racing in my head on how they could do this. There's also ideas on how they could fuck this up. I mean, I, just, them, I mean, I'm just amazed that they were able to successfully convert MJF into a babyface. Oh, dude, me too, because I was not buying it at first, I mean, especially with as, him. And as people said, and he smiled, he's our favorite scumbag. Right, like, and you know, I never thought it to be possible because I looked at it like, well, the only way MJF could be a babyface is if he's still a bad guy, just like Steve Austin, which, you know, they made the bad guy look like the good guy. An, 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 anti, an anti-hero. Yeah, and that's exactly what they did, and it worked, because you yeah. can't, you just can't make him the underdog story. I mean, they did no. in the way that they portrayed it, but again, it had to be, he had to be himself, and that was, that was what worked, I think, because MJF is singly, he's probably single-handedly one of the in my opinion, man, he's probably the best wrestler alive today because his in-ring performance is amazing and his mic skills are amazing. But I, I say Will Ospreay is the best wrestler alive today. Well, I was going to say, I'm kind of caught, though, between Will Ospreay and AJ Styles because those two, in my oh, opinion, like, yeah. like AJ Styles, if you were to do a ranking of best wrestler, you have to do it by like a category, right? So in terms of athleticism, AJ Styles, to me, is the best wrestler of all time. Will Ospreay, though, falls right under that. I'm like, he's also athletic as shit. Oh, yeah. MJF is more mic skills than anything. He's got good in, you know, in-ring performance. I think he's great in-ring, but his mic skills are where it's at. I watch yeah. him, and it feels like watching Rowdy Rowdy Piper. It feels like watching Rick Bobby the Brain Heenan and shit, and Rick Flair. Like, all he's just a, he's a combination of all of those. MJF yeah. is a combination of Piper... Ric Flair, Bobby Heenan, Ted DiBiase. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He just reminds me of that old school heel. So that's why I think he's one of the greatest. But again, it, you'd have to go by a category. Yeah. But, that's but then bad. again, when we saw Ric Flair turn face in the late 80s, I mean, it, it was kind of like the same thing. Like back in the back in his day, Ric Flair never would have thought to be a baby face. But yeah, now in his I, later years, yeah, he became face in his late years. But that's that's different. But we're talking about like in his prime. Yeah, when he was a younger man. Because when yeah. he's older, it's easy to make him a baby face. It, it, exactly. It was much easier, but... I mean, I always say, like, you've seen the match between him and Kerry Von Erich, right? Yep. You can tell uh, Ric Flair was trying... Like, he came this close to breaking his character, but he was he had to fight... He had to, like, hold... Because he basically just said, I'm not going to cause trouble, but I'll be back. So, I mean, you can tell Ric Flair was trying not to break it out of his character. Because he couldn't. Because back then, if he did, it would have been bad. So, yeah, but. which, but uh, now on to the final piece. This match was like a godsend, man. Oh. This was my favorite match. It paid off. This was actually the one match that I was like, you know what? I'm going to put my phone down. I'm going to watch every second of this match. And it was worth I was crying. Like, dude, this is such a good match. I wanted Eddie Kingston to win so bad because I'm a me big too. Eddie Kingston fan. I do love John Moxley, too. though, too, so it was kind of How many hard, times I have I basically told you and your, your co-host on Great Earth Podcast uh, that Eddie Kingston is my hero? How many right. times have I told yeah. everything I felt? I mean, 
I cried twice yesterday. Number one was when Jimmy Johnson got inducted into the Cowboys Ring of Honor. Number two, yeah. when Eddie Kingston basically had I mean, had his best moment. I mean, he went three years ago, was going to quit, thought about quitting pro wrestling. Yeah, because he thought like he was going The story about what happened, I mean, dude, 18 years the man spent on the indies, just like me. Like, you know, that's why people say I'm a lot like him. So long trying to build his shows and working all these jobs, trying to make it, you know. And, and I'm telling you, a lot of people say I'm a lot like him. Some say I'm like him. Some say I'm more like, oh, like Kevin Owens. But a lot of people say I'm a combination of the both, which I appreciate. But 18 years on the indies, you know, almost quit pro wrestling in 2020 because the story was when the, when the, shit, when the, when the shit hit the fan, he was in England and he had to pay so much to, to get, be able to get home as the, as the world was shutting down and he had to sell his gear to – to pay his rent, so yeah, dude, he yeah. he got the shaft, and you know, he got, yeah. Every reason that people hate him is why I love him. I love that he's. I love that he looks out of shape. I love that he looks like a realistic person who's trying to wrestle. Right. I love his fucking street tough guy attitude, just because. I love the man's promos, dude. His promos yeah. is what inspired me to be able to speak better as a podcaster. I mean, you've you've seen me cut promos on my shows, right? Oh yeah, I have. Eddie Kingston is a huge influence on that, along with Jericho, along with, you know, a lot of wrestlers. Eddie Kingston's just been a positive influence. I mean, he's the Ring of Honor World Champion. He's the New Japan, uh, I, I believe, the strong openweight champion. And now he's the AEW Continental Champion. Continental he's champion. a freaking triple crown, and he deserves it. Oh, yeah, he's earned it, man. That was overdue a long time ago. In fact, I always felt like he was getting shit on in AEW in the early days because... I didn't know much about him until uh, Ring of Honor. I didn't know anything about him at all. And then I hear about AEW coming around, and I hear he's going there, and I watched a few of his matches. I'm like, okay, sweet. Like, that'll be cool. But I felt like they weren't utilizing him properly. I was like, what the fuck? This guy could be a big deal. But I always felt that it's probably the fact that he's an older dude and he's out of shape, so they don't see him as the guy. But sometimes... The people you don't see as the guy end up being the best versions of the guy. I mean, I'm not going to lie, dude. I never thought Sami Zayn was ever worth it of even having a match for a championship. Never thought he was good. And then he had that match with Roman Reigns, which we all knew how that was going to end, right? Right. That match, I was like, okay, I can see it. I can see Sami Zayn as a world champion. Like, that totally makes sense. Sometimes it takes seeing the people that you think you can't see. And they end up being... Way better. Same thing with Drew McIntyre, dude. I just wasn't seeing it because right. I never cared about him. And then he was champion, and I was like, holy shit, if they do this right, this dude could be the next Rock or Steve Austin. He's awesome. <laughs> and they did not do that. They fucked him over, in my opinion. But uh, uh, As far as Drew McIntyre goes, uh, the you-know-what fucked him over big time. Mm-hmm. Waiting yeah. to, uh, I mean, I, I don't even want to yeah, – it, it breaks my heart. But I feel like as far as Eddie Kingston goes, I feel like a lot of wrestlers with influential – you know, how backstage politics and wrestling, I think a lot of those guys spoke up for the guy. I feel like Chris Jericho is one of them, along with yeah. Moxley. I feel like those are guys that pushed AEW management. Eddie Kingston, you got to do it right with this guy. Yeah, well, yeah, dude, like, he has. I'm telling you, when you have the respect of the guys like Moxley and Jericho, then they're going to speak up for you. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm you, I've seen a lot of footage now. During the 18 years on the Indies, he did have brief runs with Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling. Yep. But... I've seen a lot of the work that he's done in the Indies. You, you can look, you can look it up. I mean, there are stories and everything. I've seen the mic skills. I've, I've seen everything. 
Well, he was always a New Japan guy, too. That was his yeah, WWE. That, that, that's why, that. because, of, because of the partnership with AEW, Tony Khan has also said, well, because of his, his in-ring ability and, and his technique and his style, he fit, you know, New Japan felt, well, he definitely could do well with us as well. So, yeah, you know, the fact that, you know, at 39 years old, was officially signed by AEW, he had finally made it. And now, more than ever, right. he's finally really made it now. He is solidified. Oh, no. Oh, that match, dude. Like, I knew that I was going to be disappointed if he lost, but I would be semi-happy because I do love Moxley. I just felt like they would be cowards if they let Moxley win because John Moxley has a similar story to Kingston, which is that he's always been kind of thrown in the back. But if you ask me, Moxley has pretty much done it all now. He's proven that he is better than he ever was in WWE. He's proven that now that he has the ability to take control of his own character... He can be a beast, dude. Look at Dean Ambrose and John Moxley, two completely different people. Two completely Moxley's different, yeah. a fucking beast, man. He's jacked, and that's what he always wanted to be. But WWE wanted him to be this comic gimmick character, and he was like, you know, I'm here to do a job, whatever. But as time went on, he was frustrated. So right, you got two guys that are frustrated, two guys that have pretty much made it to the top finally, and this is the last stop. This is to prove, can Moxley really hang his own or handle his own? And he did. I thought that this was not just Kingston's best match, not just Moxley's probably one of 100 greatest matches, but I felt like this was the, this is what I needed for closure on the Continental Classic because I don't know about you, dude, but I didn't understand this fucking board game at first. Mm -hmm. I was, and I was really annoyed, dude. Like, I I would, like, skim through matches. I just didn't want to see it. I didn't understand it. I thought it was stupid. But then the last two weeks, I got really serious with it. And then Kingston wins. And I was like, okay, I finally understand the importance of the Continental Classic. And, yes, now I do like it. Mm -hmm. And, yes, I'm looking forward to them doing it again. It just, again, it goes – it's like I've been saying with a lot of what AEW does. People need to be patient. Because AEW can do good storytelling. They just take their time. Because AEW is more about wrestling. It's wrestling first and then story. Whereas, you know, like WWE is story first, then wrestling. Which is fine. Because I've always said, if there's a night where I want to watch good wrestling, I go to AEW. If there's a night where I want to see fucking good storytelling, I go to WWE. But that being said, this paid off. This was perfect. And... This should have been the main event, in my opinion. This was a fucking phenomenal match, dude. This was I the agree. best match. I mean, obviously for me, I'm obviously biased because, again, Eddie, Eddie Kingston is my hero. I mean, Jericho out there was still, but still, but, you know, Jericho, that, he's been my hero since I was a kid. I mean, Eddie Kingston is my big adult inspirational hero because, again, I've been struggling as a sports writer and podcaster for so long, and he struggled for so long. I mean, again, 18 years on the independent circuit. Yeah. Was signed by was officially signed to a full time deal with a big promotion at 39 years old. I mean, and you have to praise John Moxley. John Moxley put Eddie Kingston over. Yep. And and John Moxley did it because he knew this is good for Eddie Kingston. This is good for AEW. This is good for New Japan. This is good for Ring of Honor. This is good for Moxley himself. This is good for everybody back there. He did it because it's best. For business to where it's good for wrestling overall. Yeah. John Moxley at the end of the day did business the way it's supposed to be done. John Moxley did not utilize backstage politics. I mean, 
Imagine if Moxley was the, if they wanted Moxley to win, but he politicked the other way, said no, 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 I'm right. putting over because that's the way to do it. Yeah, I agree. You I mean, just Moxley, Moxley was fully devoted to putting Kingston over because he knows it's what's best for everybody. Everybody right. can, pro- can prosper from this. Eddie oh, Kingston yeah. is over like a million bucks. It's, they would not be only the, it's not only the story because of what he's gone through, but it's because, you know, again, he look, you know, he doesn't look, you know, he doesn't look like the, 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 the best, the, the guy that, that's the best shape. Eddie Kingston is a, basically the guy he can work great. And he doesn't need to have a six pack or have the, the best muscular body. He is perfect the way he is. He's oh yeah. I love him the from, way he from is. The streets of New York. Oh yeah. I love him the way he is, man. I, mean, I don't want him to change. His promos with, with, his, with his New York accent. I love it. I think uh, two of my favorite promos of all time are from him. One of them was a shorter one, but it's when he's exchanging words with Miro, and Miro tells him, you know, tomorrow night you will meet the Redeemer. And he's like, my man, redeem these nuts. And then it <laughs> turned into a full-on fucking shirt, redeem these nuts and shit. Like, mm-hmm. that was funny, but my second favorite, probably my, aside from CM Punk's uh, Pipe Bomb promo, this is my number two favorite promo of all time. And it was when he and CM Punk were exchanging words. Kingston gets the laugh, last laugh when he's like, hey, when I beat you, do me a favor. Quit again and don't come back for another seven, eight years. And like that was like adding insult to injury because there were people that felt that way about Punk to begin with. Right. So when Kingston did that, I was like, man, I really want this dude to win because – yeah, it was more for Punk than anything. It was supposed to be for Kingston, but mm, I got words about that. That being said, that's yeah. But Kingston's uh, promo. You saw the end. How like, how the match? I'm telling you, those those stiff shots. Yeah, oh. that, they were so loud, dude. And if you actually, oh. if you look at Moxley, he's bruised. He's purple oh. because of how hard he was getting hit. And I was sure. thinking, and man, I'm telling you, if that was if if I was me, oh, I would have run. I would have run a. After the first one, I would be crying like a baby. Oh, dude, I so I don't I don't know if I ever told you my stepdad was a professional wrestler. That's how I got into it. And oh, really? Yeah. No, I think well, you have told me, but I forgot. But I'm glad you reminded me. Well, I asked him one day, like, does that shit really hurt? Like, how fake is that one? And he's like, let me show you. And so he did just one, and it hurt so bad, dude. I was like, I'm not doing it again, ever again. Fuck that. And he's like. Well, you wanted to know how it feels. Now come back. And he's like, we're going to do it again. And he ran it by me three more times. But the the next three times he gave it with like half strength. The first time was a hit me so hard, dude. My chest was like on fire. I could feel it the next day because I had never, you know, I'd never done that before. But that's what he was dealing with. And he wasn't even he was in the Indies. He wasn't even a, a star. So he's showing me what it takes. And I'm like, yeah, that alone with being thrown on a mat and all that shit, dude, count me out. Yeah. It it really is rough, dude. I couldn't do it. And as I've gotten older, too, I've actually learned about myself, man. I like wrestling more when I found out it was fake. Because, or not fake, I hate that fake. word. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, it's scripted. It's scripted. But I ended up liking it more when it was scripted. Because once I figured that out, and once my stepdad kind of opened up that book for me, to me it was similar to movies, Hollywood, man. I always wanted to write movies. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I got so obsessed with the backstage stuff. And I was always like, you know, I don't want to be a wrestler. I want to be a writer. I want to be a commentator. I want to do backstage stuff. I want to be the guy that puts the show together. That's what I immediately fell in love with. Like I grew up wanting to be a wrestler because 
who doesn't grow up wanting to have their hand raised with the world heavyweight champion at WrestleMania, right? That's like a, that's basically, that's the equivalent to the Super Bowl for most people. But when I found out it was scripted, I was like, oh my God, I love it even more. And I just learned, I don't want to be a wrestler. I actually want to be involved in creating it. I want to be the brain behind the organization. So, I mean, I see these pay-per-views put together and as much as I shit on a lot of them, there is something to be had about it. I mean, yeah, they put they put everything they had into it. And how yeah. many people can say they did that? I mean, how many people can say that they won the Continental Classic, beat a big name like John Moxley at the same time? And if you look at it realistically, main evented. May not have been the main event, but it was the main event it for was that the main title. Event. I mean, no disrespect to Samoa Joe or MJF. No, that to me, that was the main again, event. Again, to me, event. I mean, obviously I'm biased because again, Eddie Kingston's my hero, but. I mean, you beat, Claudio, you beat Claudio for the Ring of Honor World title. Then you beat John Moxley to win this one. I mean, those two guys, I mean, Claudio, they put the right man over him and because they know it's gonna, everybody's going to prosper. I mean, again, they, they did what's best for business. They, they yeah. really did. I mean, although some people ask me, like, you know how that, that hit that, that Moxley took? I mean, some people thought that Moxley was legitimately knocked out. Yeah. Which, I don't think he was because you remember in 2004 when Chavo Guerrero got knocked out in a match when uh, Billy Kidman. Yeah, you remember how Billy yeah. Kidman couldn't even hook Chavo Guerrero's legs in the pin. Chavo yeah, Guerrero was as stiff as the board. Yeah, we yeah. saw how Eddie Kingston made the cover. So I don't think John John Moxley was. I mean, John Moxley was obviously out, but not like completely out cold or like like that. Yeah. Oh, but still, man, yeah. those, those that spin. Oh my God. Hey, I when, was, he spent, when he spent time in Japan, you're going to uh, – I'm telling you, oh, I, yeah. when you, when you are sent on a tour in Japan, you come back as a whole different person. You get a glimpse of the unique art of Japanese strong style. My God. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me, man, that was easily one of the greatest matches of all time. That's – I think it's going to be remembered as one of the greatest matches of all time. I – Big time. Loved it. It's easily, to me, the best match on the card. It's – Easily an A plus five star fucking match. It was. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I've always said that my two favorite matches with AEW thus far involve Will Osprey. This one might be pushing both those back. I don't know. I'm still wrestling with that because Will Osprey is a good wrestler. He's to me, he's the new. He's the new star. He's just he's waiting. That's all. He's yeah. waiting to get that match. He's he signed his contract. He's gonna start and he's gonna start next year. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, all you know what? Well, obviously, it's all—it's already the new year, but because yeah. this episode, you know, like that. But yeah, he—he's coming. I mean, he told yeah. us, "Be patient, bro." It was a decent pay per view. I've seen to see him as a baby face, though. Mm-hmm. I'm used to seeing Osprey. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I wonder how that'll go. Well, this pay per view was okay, but I do feel that Moxley and Kingston is what saved it because, regardless. Yeah. It was it was not great. Otherwise, it was kind of like eh, I feel bad. like there was goods, there was bads, and there were uglies in this one. But unfortunately, yeah, this one just... every every show has those. I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect show. Yeah. But I, I've stressed many times. Look, I don't want AEW better than WWE. I don't want WWE better than AEW. I mean, you exactly. and I have. I I think this is how our friendship just kind of prospered even more because. It's not about one company being better than the other. It's about right. us, well-educated and passionate pro wrestling fans, just having a lot of wrestling to be thankful for. 
Oh, yeah, like, man. I, I hope one day we can see Seth Rollins versus Will Ospreay, not because of that Twitter war they had four years ago, but, you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget one time. I would have loved, in 2019, I would have loved to see Kenny Omega versus Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. So if, one, if, if, if WWE one day ends it by saying, look, we have to work, everybody needs to work together. We got to work with AEW. We got to work with New Japan. Everybody works together. That way wrestling prospers. The fans will be happy. We'll all be happy. We'll all make money. At the same time, the backstage politics, the egos will get in the way. But you know what? If there's a positive atmosphere, they're going to say, look, I might, I might, I'll lose this match. But you know what? I'll get a good payday. If I put this guy over, I'll stay over. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes but, uh, when the time is right, you'll see that the, what the right move is. You just can't yeah. predict the future. You think you can, but really you can't. Yeah, and that's typically how that's going to go. I mean... Honestly, man, I I just like that there's so much wrestling. I, I don't understand this tribalism. I mean, I, here's the thing. I have a case of calling people out on their bullshit, but I kind of like that there's wrestling every night. That's kind of right? This is one of the greatest times to be a wrestling fan. It just sucks it's not as good. As I mean, our kids. schedule, obviously, I mean, our, and our ability to, to pay for the program obviously limits us. But still, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of ways we can catch up on it. Like, oh, I got to yeah, ask you, even though I didn't watch the show, how, how, did, I, how did I do? Because you you're in command on this one, so like, how did I do with as far as my knowledge of what happened on this show? Well, it felt to me like you'd already seen it because ironically, yeah, I saw man, highlights and I saw the highlights. I did, I did, I did, I did, I did yeah, my homework, say, obviously, because you know that's that that's part of our deal. But you well, know, re- like, realistically, like, that's all you needed to because you didn't miss much. Unfortunately, it, I hate I've to listen, say that. I've listened to shows where these these hosts are just reading off of Wikipedia. Yeah, they um, now sometimes okay. Sometimes you may have no choice, but you know. But summarize like don't say it word to word, and and you you right. I mean the, the dirt sheets. I mean there's 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 a wrestling news observer by Del Dave So there's a lot of sources out there. I mean there's no shame in recapping a show that you didn't watch, but make sure you got the information. Don't like don't rely on Wikipedia. Like there's there's a lot of sources out there. That's that's what I'm trying to say to all these wrestling fans that have wrestling shows. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, podcasting is not an easy thing. I mean, I have three shows. I have a YouTube channel. The Great Griff Podcast is obviously one of the best. Is honestly one of the best and most hard work shows I've ever listened to. And I'm not. And I'm not saying that because Tony, one of the co-hosts, is here. It's because I've gone back and listened to your early episodes. I've just okay. I'll never. Uh, I'm going to tell you this. I haven't told your co-host Austin. I once spent two days of my days off from work listening to your show because I wanted to go. I wanted to dive deep to what you guys do. And I and I and I can tell much like me. You guys developed over time. Yeah, dude, we really did. Like, I always tell people, don't listen to, like, the first year's worth of episodes because it's just fucking terrible. Right. There's a laugh here and there, but it really ain't worth it, man. It's, it's like, just, just like listen to the newer ones. Yeah. They get better and better, but... Um, See, I kind of feel like, you know, it, I mean, I feel like AEW is... I think right now they're not in the best place, but... Yeah, like right now, I'm a little concerned with what's going to happen because you hear all these rumors about Warner Brothers and trying to get with WWE, whereas, right, you know, it makes you wonder what's going to happen next. That's why I feel like if AEW, if WWE can say, look, let's not put AEW out of business, we need to work with them. I mean, again, that forbidden door is fully wide open. Every promotion is in the same room, in the same, in, on the same meeting table. Everybody's going to prosper. Yeah. So, oh, and before I go, because let's, because the fact that here we are in a time where Vince McMahon has absolute no power, no control, nothing. Yep. 
he's just an employee now. He's oh, just yeah. an employee. Just trying to cash in on that money. Right? <laughs> I mean, but, if I were him, I mean, I'm actually, I'm actually surprised he wants to be in this business. And if, if I were him, I'm like, okay, if I, if I have nothing, then I'm retired. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, retirement, I mean, I don't, I mean, I get it. Sometimes retirement is not the best thing for some people because some people just, they don't want to go play golf. They don't want to do all that. I mean, I get it. Vince wants to stay affiliated with something he's built for that his, his dad built, his grandfather, like that. Yeah. He wants to keep the legacy going. But look, he's solidified. Vince has nothing to worry about. Even if yeah. Vince, I always said, if Vince was not in control, sold the company, and if whoever after that messed up the company, Vince would not look bad because it would say Vince didn't mess it up. He retired, sold the company, they messed it up. So his legacy is forever as, as the guy who just moved on and the person who took over couldn't get the job done. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, but man, very very interesting episode. And yeah, this pay per view, it was okay. But the way I describe it, it, it had its goods, it had its bads, and it sure as hell had its uglies. Yeah, like it, it wasn't nearly as bad as um. I always say this to people, and they they get annoyed with me. But Forbidden Door this year was kind of trash. I just wasn't not a as fan good, of it. Not as yeah, I mean. But, you know, I'll, I'll never forget, I, I think the worst wrestling pay-per-view from the last three years or so probably has to be the Royal Rumble of, of, of 2022. Yes. Well, maybe not the whole shows, but I would say the mat, the Royal Rumble matches, especially the men's. Yeah. I, all I, that, that story surrounding like Shane McMahon. That and then WWE, um, what pay-per-view did they do last? Was it Royal Rumble? No, 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 it was uh, Survivor Series. We, well, we talked about it, and, you know... It, like I, I, like I said, it was okay, but it could have been better. It was one that I thought was kind of one of their worst pay per views of the year. But like, like the war games, the 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 war games that we that we recapped on long ago. Yeah, I didn't think it was their best one. Oh, that's I mean, right. Yeah, I know. And it, one of the guests on the show obviously uh, was not too happy to hear that. But listen, I mean, it, look, wrestling fans that can have disagreements. I mean, that's what we that's what we are as wrestling fans that are educated. We have we have our we have our views and we have our beliefs. Yeah, I mean, I I um I actually had an idea I wanted to run by you before I take off because I'm actually on my way to go record with Austin, <laughs> so oh back to back. Um, I had an idea. So, as you know, I ran it by you beforehand that I wanted to do an episode with you where we would talk about the big question, which is should Chris Benoit be inducted into the Hall of Fame WWE? But I have another thing I wanted to run by you that I think would be perfect for this show. At some point, we need to do a fantasy roster brand. So here's the the idea. All bets are off. Every promotion is included in this. So let's say you wanted MJF and WWE. Okay, cool. That's on your fantasy list, but you've got to give back. Who do you trade for? So you would say, okay, I want MJF on Monday Night Raw. In return, I'll give them... Seth Rollins, Seth goes to AEW. Mm-hmm. So it has to kind of make sense for you. That way we make that way, that way we'll be sure that we're going to see Seth Rollins versus uh versus versus Will Ospreay. But keep in mind, he won't be Seth Rollins anymore. He'll probably go revert, yeah. revert back to his Ring of Honor name, Tyler Black. Right. Hey, hey, let's be honest. Tyler Black versus Will Ospreay. It sounds a hell of a lot cooler than Will Ospreay versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, yeah, or Seth Imagine Rollins. This. Tyler Black versus Will Ospreay. Yeah. That I do love, is main event caliber. Or I do want to see, I really do want to see MJF and The Miz. I think that would be a fucking cool match because they're the same person when you really look at it. Right. 
Or I would love to see <laughs> I would love to see Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns or even at the very least, man, I'd kill to see Drew McIntyre and like a Will Hobbs or a Miro or something like that. You know, I'd I'd kill to see something like that. But that would be the idea is it's a fantasy roster, but you have to give back so that way you're not fucking over every other promotion. And it's just it's an idea for like a fantasy. Like obviously Orange Cassidy would probably never go to the WWE. I mean, don't quote me. <laughs> but I'd love to see well, Orange Cassidy and R Truth. I think that would be a fucking well, cool match. So like that would see be that though. Who's the heel? That's the problem, dude. That's well, you that's know what? I don't think there needs it. to be a heel. They they can. I, I'm pretty sure we can both see the two baby faces do something. They're gonna make it. I mean, they're gonna make everybody laugh. I'm sure that if the if Rhea Ripley, yeah. I would say if Rhea Ripley was was there, there's no way she's she's gonna try to not break character. But at one point, it, it's gonna she's gonna be so entertained that she's gonna crack. Yeah, exactly. Our truth makes he's made every he even made Brock Lesnar break character. He made Paul Heyman break character. Yeah, I mean, tell me you don't want to see the man Becky Lynch against Britt Baker. Like, oh, yeah. that would be a good match. I want to see that, you know? So it's the idea is, like, almost like dream matches, but it's dream rosters. There we go. Uh-huh, absolutely. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have today because Tony has to go record with the one and only, the great Mr. Austin 316 with the Great Girth Podcast. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Ringside Chaos is anywhere you get your podcast. So what I need you to do is to hit the subscribe button and hit the notification bell because I need to be sure that you're not going to be missing out on any exciting upcoming content. But I also need you to do this. Find the Great Girth Podcast and subscribe to that show because, ladies and gentlemen, it's an amazing show. It's, quite frankly, the most honest and entertaining show. But a word of warning, if you are easily offended, the Great Girth Podcast is not the show for you, but you need to check it out. But if you're offended, understand this. They're just telling you the truth. Pretty much. Thank you, Alex, as always, man, for having me on here. It's an um, absolute pleasure. And the ideas, it's written down. Whenever you want to come on, I'll make it happen. Whenever you, you, you decide. Since you came up with the ideas, we do it on your terms, dude. And just so you know, when we do the episodes, you're going to be in command. That's my policy. An idea of the guest, they assume command. That's how it works. That's the trust I have in my guests. I like that. Okay, we can do that right. for sure. Well, but. thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And once again, Happy New Year to everybody. Have a good one, everybody. We'll see you next time, Alex.